Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello and welcome to the Inner Life here on this Friday. And it is the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. So glad to have you here. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. As we begin the hour today, have you ever struggled with something in your past where you find it hard to forgive yourself? Maybe you've even brought it to confession, maybe even more than once, but you can't get over your guilt. Cheryl Riley, she had that kind of experience. It derailed her life for years. Now, Cheryl grew up as one of six children in a busy Catholic family. But she says her parents didn't really ever talk with her or any of her siblings about things like drugs, alcohol, sex. She learned about these sorts of topics from her friends at school. Her classmates in high school told her that using birth control was absolutely fine, And it was even acceptable to have an abortion as long as you didn't use abortion as a regular means of birth control. So when Cheryl found herself at 19 years old pregnant, her boyfriend ended up driving her to an abortion clinic. He was going to wait next door at the diner, but when they pulled up to the clinic, something came over Cheryl. She just froze. She sat in the car and said, I cannot do this. But her boyfriend, he gave her a little nudge, and he said, yeah, yeah, you can. And so Cheryl, she says when she walked into that clinic, no one explained the process. Nobody asked any questions. Nobody even asked her how she was feeling, if she wanted to do this. She was simply asked for payment for the abortion. And then she was taken into the operating room. And Cheryl was told that she was about eight weeks pregnant. There was no further conversation. She said, the nurse, the anesthesiologist, the doctor, they didn't even care to know my name. Not one of them said to me, how are you? Nothing. All I was to them was a big dollar sign. That's all they cared about. They had to get me in and out quickly because the waiting room was filled with girls. Now, after she woke up, after the abortion, she dealt with the initial physical pain the physical trauma from the abortion, but she had no idea that she would then suffer mental and emotional trauma for the next 12 years. Right after that abortion, her relationship with her boyfriend immediately changed. She became angry and hateful, not not only at him, but angry at everyone, at her parents, her teachers, anyone who was kind of in that role of authority that should have warned and taught her about this, but never spoke about the evils of abortion. She didn't feel like she belonged in church any longer. She couldn't even enter a church without crying. 
Cheryl ended up turning to alcohol. She turned to drugs, trying to cope. She was suicidal. Her relationships fell apart. She said, I tried to be a good sister, a good friend, a good daughter, and I couldn't. That abortion was eating me up. Cheryl tried talking to psychologists, psychiatrists, tried talking to her mom, to her friends, but nothing worked. Eventually, though, a friend at work invited her to try and go to confession. Cheryl said, I walked into that confessional, and I just went hysterical, crying, and I confessed my abortion, and the priest was so kind and loving, and he gave me absolution, and he said to me, you come back and talk to me. And I left there feeling like, wow, can I really be forgiven for this? After this, Cheryl did eventually find a loving relationship, and she got married, but even with a loving husband, and then after the birth of a daughter and a son, she still found herself regularly crying over the baby that she aborted. And so the years continued. They passed until one Sunday morning, she woke up and she decided, I'm going to go to church. She went there, she was sitting in the pew, and she was reading through the bulletin, and she came across this little blurb, this little section that asked, are you suffering from an abortion experience? And it almost knocked her out of the pew. That's, what she, that's how she described it. She called the very next day and spoke with someone, and Cheryl then began weekly counseling with a trained priest. She also attended a Rachel's Vineyard retreat, and Cheryl said, I couldn't believe the healing that I experienced. I was able to name my child, give her dignity, and memorialize her in a beautiful memorial mass. She died a violent death the day I aborted her, but I was able to honor her and give her dignity. And Cheryl said she was finally able not only to receive God's forgiveness, but also to be able to forgive herself. And she made a commitment to help in pro-life work after this and offer assistance to women like herself who were dealing with the trauma of abortion. In fact, Cheryl now works as the director of the Respect Life Office for the Archdiocese of Newark. And she has shared this story of hers, her personal journey of healing, so that other people can know that there is indeed hope and healing after an abortion. Now, we've seen so much in the news these last couple of weeks after the leak of the draft opinion from the Supreme Court on the Dobbs versus Jackson case. And so many pro-abortion voices are saying that pro-life supporters are not interested in anything other than the baby being born. They don't care about the mother before or after. They don't care about the child as it grows up, if it's going to live in poverty. Of course, all of this is false. There are so many resources out there to help women in exactly this sort of situation. But there are also resources out there for women who have had an abortion in the past. And now, as they're dealing with the guilt, the grief, the remorse of that decision, how do they make that journey to find healing? Well, this is what we want to talk about today here on The Inner Life, how we can find healing after an abortion. And I'm very glad to welcome to the program today for the hour, Father Tom Wilson. Father Wilson is a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. He's the pastor of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. 
Father, welcome back to the program. It's been a long time since I've had a chance to speak with you. I think the last couple of times you were on with uh, Patrick Connolly when I was uh, out on a vacation day. So it is that nice is to have correct. You back it's good to it's good to be back, Josh. Thanks thanks for having me. Um, a special day in Our Lady of Fatima and a very very important topic always. But I think in light of what's going on culturally and socially, this is even uh, more important that we talk about uh, post-abortion healing. Well, and, you know, when it comes to abortion, it's so common in our society, our American culture, that many of us might not realize it, but we, we probably know somebody who has been impacted by abortion. Uh, kind of like how most of us might know a friend or a family member that has had or even died of cancer, or maybe a lot of us personally know somebody who's struggled with alcoholism. Uh, you know, we very possibly know someone who has had an abortion, uh, but we might not realize it. And the big difference here is there is that that shame and that guilt that's associated with abortion. So the person that we m- know, they might not want to speak about it openly. They might want to hide what they've done out of shame. But with uh, over 1,700 abortions that take place every single day here in the U.S., this is so prevalent. So... I mean, the first the first step here, you know, as in our conversation, I think it just needs to be where do we begin as Catholics, as Christians in trying to heal our society where so many have embraced this culture of death? Yeah, that's an excellent, um, excellent uh, intro, Josh. And I, I think that um, uh, I I read uh, I read an analysis uh, just sort of. Um, Kind of statistically applying the, you know, the, the the number of abortions that 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 occur and uh, the the number of people that have been affected by it is is actually staggering. It's staggering. I I, I don't remember the exact statistics, but I think that whoever was, um, you know, applying the numbers and extrapolating things. Uh, assumes that probably about one in three, maybe even slightly more than that, people in our country have been affected by by an abortion, either um, uh, having a sibling uh, be aborted. Um, you know, uh, uh, obviously the, the 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 people who are directly involved, but also extended family, uh, uh, good friends, things like that, and. The the point that you make of the shame, Josh, I think is 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 very very critical because um, many many of the people who have been affected by it probably don't know directly. They may not they they may not know because of the of the shame that uh, is associated with it, of the uh, confusion, uh, the the hurt. Uh, that that people who are directly involved with it, uh, and frankly, I think a lot of it is rooted in a uh, a, a fear of of not being forgiven, and and so so um, like you indicated in uh, Cheryl's story at the uh, at the top, uh, it they it, it is often hung on to in silence and 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 in darkness, and it really does take. Uh, the revelation and the the light of God shining uh, on it, shining on the people involved, uh, to start that that process of of healing, and that's what we can do in in the life of the church. Jesus is mercy. 
Jesus is mercy, an invitation to Jesus is an invitation to uh, to mercy, and uh, it is painful, it is difficult. People have um, issues psychologically, physically, uh, emotionally, spiritually. Obviously, uh, it can be it can be difficult, uh, it can be painful, it can be messy, uh, but that is exactly where the church needs to be. Uh, that will be exactly where the church will be uh, as um, uh, abortion restrictions become uh, more uh, more significant and it bubbles these things up in people's lives. Uh, but that is exactly where we need to be in the uh, in the place of, of healing and uh, inviting people to Jesus who is the, the divine healer. Uh, Father Tom Wilson, again, our spiritual director here on The Inner Life. And Father, I'd like to open up the phone lines here just a little earlier than normal, too, because as we deal with this topic, um, obviously a very sensitive topic um, for so many people, but looking at how we can find healing, how we can experience God's forgiveness, I want to make sure that if anybody is, is wrestling with this, they have the ability to call in uh, immediately and be able to speak with you. So if you're listening and you'd like to call and talk with Father Tom Wilson, our number is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Also, maybe you have gone through this process of healing. Maybe you've, um, you know, you had that abortion and you dealt with the guilt, the shame, the grief, all those different things that we've been talking about here. What helped you to be able to find that healing and experience God's mercy and forgiveness? We'd love you to be able to share your story and encourage others out there who might be in a very uh, uh, sad, kind of lonely, hurting place right now. Again, our phone number, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or you can email us, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Uh, Father, let's talk about that. You know, the the natural inclination then, as you said, is to keep this private. You know, I might have the attitude, I want to deal with this on my own. I don't want to have to talk to anybody. Uh, why is that problematic that we don't seek help, that we don't seek assistance? Um, and I mean, that can be in a number of ways. It could be from uh, a counselor, a therapist, but also, of course, seeking that spiritual help that we need, as you mentioned, in the church. Why, why, why can we not just kind of pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, so to speak? Yeah, that's a very good question, Josh, and I think it really does come down to uh, it, on a spiritual level, it comes down to uh, a question of darkness and light. You know, um, uh, Jesus, Jesus is the light. The temptation of the enemy will always want us to be holding things in, in the darkness because nothing gets sanitized, nothing gets um, purified, nothing gets healed uh, in the darkness. It, it, it has to happen. Uh, it ha- has to happen in, in the light. And, you know, obviously we're talking about, we're talking about healing from, from abortion, something very, very traumatic. Uh, but it's equally as true in, in anything else. People who have been through things and uh, tend, to, tend to hold them inside um, uh, and, and sort of try to, try to uh, lift the bootstraps or, uh, you know, tough it out or however, uh, it, just, it just never works. It has, to, it has to be freed. It has to be let loose. 
Um, it has to be exposed to the grace of God, but it also has to be exposed to uh, people who are in a place to uh, be able to help. And and I think um, you know, in, in in many ways, it is a it is an invitation that the Lord gives to all of us at stages of our life to come out of ourselves uh, in order to experience him more fully and to experience people more fully. And um, when, when we do that, we open ourselves up to, to everything that, uh, that God can offer in terms of, uh, in terms of healing and, and being able to, to really be restored in, in every aspect of, of, of life, particularly as it relates to, uh, to people who've been um, connected to, to an abortion in their past. So, and, and it is. It's a great tempta- it is a great temptation to hold it private and uh and think that somehow um well this will, you know th- this will pass and as you indicated in the story at the top it 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 doesn't you know it it just it just doesn't and and so yeah. we need we need god's help we need other people's help we need uh support we need assurances of god's mercy Speaking with Father Tom Wilson today here on The Inner Life, and Father Tom Wilson is uh, the pastor of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, talking about abortion and when you're dealing with the emotional after effects of an abortion, how can you find that healing? Maybe you have found that healing. What helped you to get to that point, to experience God's mercy, God's forgiveness? Maybe you have a loved one that's struggling with that right now. Maybe it's you that's struggling with that right now, and you'd like a little bit of advice on how you can proceed or how you can help that that loved one in your family who just can't seem to be able to get past, can't can't seem to accept the forgiveness of God, and maybe they can't forgive themselves. And you're welcome to call in and talk with Father at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, and we'll continue our conversation along with uh, giving some recommendations of different resources coming up here in just a moment. Uh, you're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We receive over a million prayer requests every year, thanks in part to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line, helping us stay connected to your intentions. Learn how our sponsor can support your family with life insurance at relevantradio.com slash forester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, joined today by Father Tom Wilson, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, as today we're talking about how we can find healing after an abortion. And maybe that's you. Maybe you had an abortion a number of years ago, and you struggled with the guilt, the grief, the shame, but you were able to find healing. How did that come about? How were you able to experience God's mercy, God's forgiveness? We'd love to hear your story. Or maybe you are dealing with this right now, that guilt and that shame, and you're not sure where to turn and how to find that help that can put you on that path to healing. You can call in and speak with Father Tom Wilson at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father, we've got a number of phone calls here, uh, but before maybe we get to the phones, 
in the opening story that I shared of, of Cheryl's experience. You know, she struggled for years and years with her guilt, her regret, and she just couldn't even forgive herself. She talked about how she almost couldn't believe that God could forgive her for having an abortion. And you mentioned, you know, the church needs to be there in that messiness of our sin, of our grief, of our regret. Can you maybe talk for a moment about the incredible mercy and forgiveness of God that is available to each one of us if if we are truly sorry for our sins? No matter what we've done, God is willing to meet us and forgive us. Yeah, I think I think Josh, uh, it, it's not it's not out of line to suggest that we are uh, we are in an age of mercy. Um, you know, the, the century began that the twentieth century was full of of really horrible things and sort of collective uh, rejection of of God in a lot of ways, um, culturally and politically and militarily and and all those sorts of things and what happens right in the middle of all that jesus shows up to a polish nun as um the the image of divine mercy and uh what he communicates to her is obviously his pain uh but also the truth that uh even the 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 greatest sinner has the greatest claim on his mercy in the midst of a sinful world the first thing that jesus says is um, please come to me for for mercy. The, that my greatest desire, if you will, uh, is to is to have mercy on on his people. The first thing that Jesus gave to the apostles on that first day of the week in the upper room was the ability to to forgive sins, to bring healing and reconciliation uh, to to wounded and uh, and and broken people. Um, Pope Francis's entire pontificate has been about mercy. Uh, I, we are we are we are in an age of of mercy, and I think that there might be no better place to to have that mercy just um, manifest itself than uh, in the in the scores and scores of people who have been uh, wounded. Uh, by by abortion and um, and all the unique stories that go along with it uh, to 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 be invited into that um, that that circle of mercy that that Jesus just wants all of us to be in no matter no matter what we've done and to and and to demonstrate that that healing that power and that freedom uh, that that comes from there and. Uh, you know, again, the story, the story of Cheryl, Josh, I think is a, it's a really, it's a really good one in, in kind of giving background for what so many people experience in terms of the length of time uh, that, that it takes. And that is a, uh, that's not an unusual thing. Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think people need to be patient with themselves, too. And, and and realize that it that that it may take the time and uh, don't underestimate the mercy of God if the if the spiritual reality of His forgiveness, which is immediate upon receiving the sacrament, um, isn't immediately tying to uh, the emotional and psychological reality that they might be that they might be feeling in in the moment. Yeah. Well, and as you say that too, you know. Receiving and then being able to accept and even get to a point where we feel like God has forgiven us, accepting God's forgiveness, feeling like we're forgiven. There's also the other side that a lot of times we can 
say, okay, well, God maybe has forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself for this. What would you say to that person who's struggling with forgiving themselves? Yeah, that is a that's a that's an excellent question, and it, it is a it is a reality in in the human in the human condition. Uh, and one of the one of the things, um, Father Richard John Newhouse, if you remember him, was the founder of the First Things magazine, mm-hmm. and just a a brilliant man, uh, but also a very holy man at the same time. Uh, used to talk about suffering and the reality of sin and. Uh, he 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 said something that I've never forgotten, and I quote to people often: uh, when we are confronted with um, some sort of difference between what we are feeling and what we know, we need to go with what we know, and we know that God that God forgives. We know that God feels. Um, uh, we know that God desires to uh, to heal and to and to forgive. And so, when there is that sort of chasm between the reality, the truth of God's forgiveness, and maybe what's stirring in the heart about uh, in terms of self forgiveness and uh, lingering guilt and and that sort of thing, we need to we need to trust in God's mercy first uh, and allow Him to take on that. Uh, to take on that burden from us, you know, I I frequently ask uh, people um, in spiritual conversations, uh, you know, if they are if they're able to sort of envision, create a, a, an image of of what it is is burdening them, uh, and to be able to create an image in in their mind with that, and then literally and and then spiritually go to the foot of the cross. And take that and simply drop it at the feet of Jesus. Mm. Just oh, drop yeah, it at the feet. Just drop it at the feet of Jesus, and and allow Him to take that on. Because Jesus is very clear that He wants to take on the burden. He doesn't yeah. expect or want us to carry it ourselves. That He will that He will take it on. And so, anything that we can do to um, uh, to ritualize that um, letting go of the burden, uh, I think, is a it's is a, is a good mechanism to uh, really get over what I think, Josh, is the last hurdle, and that is the self-forgiveness part. Okay, yeah. good. Uh, talking with Father Tom Wilson today here on The Inner Life about healing from having an abortion. And uh, it might be a long process. Maybe you've gone through that. Maybe you wrestled with the guilt and the grief and all of that baggage. How were you able to finally find that healing, to experience God's mercy, God's forgiveness, to be able to forgive yourself? Or maybe that's what you're struggling with right now and you'd like some advice. You're welcome to call in 888-914-9149, Father, we've got Mary who's calling in from Whittier, California. Hi, Mary. Thanks for calling in. You're on the air with Father Tom Wilson. Hi, Father. Good morning. Hello, Mary. So, Thanks for calling. Hi, thank you. So my question is this, or my statement is this. I am a repeated offender. Back when I was in my, I guess, early 20s. And I not only did it once, I think I did it twice. I can't even remember if it was even three times. It's something that I have tried to forget over the years. 
and I've tried so hard that now I can't even remember if it was twice or three times. It's something that I constantly live with. I, I, I wish I could go back in time and take back what I did, and I can't. And it's taken me so many years to, to heal those wounds and what I did and what a disrespectful thing I did as an insult to our Blessed Mother, to our to my Father God. I didn't really know any better. I had no guidance. And the last time I did it, I'll have to tell you this, and I I hope that whoever's out there hearing who's been contemplating abortion would not do it. I remember uh, at that very moment when I was lying there and they were taking me in, and I remember the nurse. I was I was I didn't want to do it at the very end, and she said, "I you have to think about what's good for you." And I don't know why at that very moment, as I went under, I said, God, please forgive me. And when I came out of it years later, I thought about this particular nurse. And somehow I felt like it was Satan himself. And it's something that I will I will never forget. Um, it has been hard for me to accept God's mercy. I'm harder on myself, I think. I don't forgive myself. But my, my one question to you would be is, how do I decipher what, whether it was two or three times I did it? You know, I live with the constant, always thought of what my kids would have looked like, you know, whether they were going to be female, male. So it's just this constant, constant burden. I even, sometimes I'm even afraid to die because I think God won't let me into heaven, you know? Yeah. And and I know that's just the devil attacking me because I know God is merciful. But I was once told this would kind of put things in perspective. They said, hey, stop it. Stop being so hard on yourself because Jesus already paid the price for you and for your mm-hmm. sins. And I cannot be more regretful for being a repeated offender. And I think that's the hardest thing I deal with. But since then, I have, a, I have, one, I have one biological daughter and I adopted several children as my way to give up and I guess in some way atone for my sins. Um, because that's the best I can do. Yeah, thank you, Mary, for for sharing that, and and I'm I'm going to tell you with virtual certainty that the fact that you just took this few minutes to uh, express your story to uh, tens of thousands of people who are listening right now, uh, that someone is going to someone's going to rethink a decision to have abortion, and and someone is going to realize that there is. Uh, there is healing and, and recovery after it, even if you haven't experienced it uh, to, the, to the fullness that you would desire or that Jesus would desire for you. Um, I think, um, you know, I would just want to ask one question, Mary. Have, have you brought this to the Sacrament of, of Reconciliation? Have you taken it to, to confession? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, okay. I have. I, I've even tried calling the place where, this, where I did this at to find out I had, they had me records, so I could at least know how many times I did it. Okay, okay. And they couldn't, yeah. they couldn't help. Okay, yeah. And so I I think that I think um, I would I would just I would just suggest that um, uh, that you have you have done enough. Okay, you have you 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 have you have done enough. You have brought it to, um, you've brought it into the sacrament. You've received the grace of the sacrament. Uh, you've obviously um, uh, 
taken the grace of that sacrament and and repented and reformed your life and um have a have a beautiful family life uh and 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 all of those things so uh you personally have done uh enough and i think you should be um uh, assured of that uh and uh continue to um you know continue to pray i you know when when things when things burden us um i my my recommendation to people is to is to have a petition each day for your for your full and complete um uh emotional and psychological healing not to obsess with it not to allow it to take over your entire prayer life because you've got a full life with a family and and community life and and all those sorts of things but in that just just that moment in prayer where you're where you're offering petitions to um for for your needs and the needs of your family to just say you know lord please please help me to experience uh deeper um uh emotional and 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 psychological healing from that um if you have not been part of a uh, a Rachel's Vineyard type um, uh, retreat experience, healing experience. I would recommend that. Uh, they're they're they're, um, they're they're excellent at sort of going through all this with uh, with post-abortive um, uh, both men and women, um, and uh, that may that may help you. Um, there are. There are certain people, um, uh, priests and 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 others who who do have some spiritual gifts in terms of um, working with people's memories. And if uh, if that question about you know how many times it actually happened uh, is is still burning at you to um, to to maybe seek out someone with with those kinds of gifts that might be able to. Um, uh, to help you lift that out, just for uh, some clarity for 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 your own peace of mind. But um, but please be assured of of the uh, of the Lord's mercy and um, you know continue to to listen to the voice of light in Christ and and not to the um, not to the whispers of the enemy that are going to um, suggest that somehow somehow your forgiveness and mercy is not complete yet cause, uh, because it is so thank you so much for thank you f- so much for calling and, and and sharing that with us yeah and being so vulnerable mary thank you for yeah. uh, for calling in yeah. uh, father let's uh, let 's go to one more phone call before we need to take our break here. Uh, Kathy is calling in from DeKalb, illinois hi kathy you 're on the air Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, And actually, this is divine for sure, because I was heading from the gym to go to adoration um, at our parish to pray for uh, the USCCB's intentions today to end abortion and the Roe v. Wade turning turning over of that. And so I was sitting in the parking lot, getting ready to head in and heard the conversation. And I'm like, okay, blessed mother, what do you want me to do? You know, so that's the reason for my call. Anyway, I wanted to just say that I am a post-abortive woman. Um, I had two abortions in the late, like in the mid to late 70s. And I lived with that shame and that guilt, and I was never happy. I could never have a smile on my face. I couldn't enjoy the living children that I had because I just felt like I didn't deserve their love. And so I just lived in this like bubble of like guilt, despair, shame. And for whatever, and and then I also turned to drugs and alcohol. So I turned to cope um, with my pain and my shame and guilt 
And, you know, because I was baptized, there was always that, that grace in my heart. And I went to confession when my husband became Catholic, and that was the first time I confessed my, my sins of abortion. So that just cracked open a little bit, that light of the Lord to come in, but yet I still didn't feel worthy to come to Mass. And I was pretty much heavy in my addiction at that point, too. So, But that allowed the, that little crack into the, my heart. And so as time goes on, I ended up in recovery. And long story short, I got confirmed in 2008. I got sober in 2006. But in 2008, I got a call to, I won a trip to Medjugorje. And I, when I got there, I had a huge spiritual experience in confession because I had already confessed my abortions now twice. And the priest said to me, I said, I was confessing. He goes, no, there's more. And I was like, okay, well, I had two abortions. He goes, that's it. He goes, do you know that mother, our blessed mother, is holding them in her arms right now? And I literally felt a relief from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head. And something came out of me. And I just felt like, and, and from that point on, Blessed Mother told me to not be afraid to share my story of God's mercy. And from that moment on, the Lord started to peel away the onion, and he started to heal my heart, and he started to heal my relationship with those around me, with my boys in heaven, because he gave me their names. At one, you know, at one point, as time goes on, he starts to reveal, because you always want to know, because those cells live within you. Um, every child that a woman aborts, that child is still in us. And now I ask for their intercession in heaven. And their names are Maximilian Joseph and Marcus Levi. He gave me their full names because that's what he calls me, Kathleen Ann. And so I just wanted to say that from that point on, I know not everybody needs to go to Medjugorje and have a huge spiritual experience. But really, I think all we need to do is just like allow our hearts to open up to the grace and to go to the throne of mercy, which is reconciliation. And in that throne, just let the Lord enter into our hearts to heal them. I also was then, you know, God opens up doors. He continues to do that for all of us, and he uses our gifts. And I was able then to, I was called to the Rock, Diocese of Rockford, and now I'm the Project Rachel Coordinator for the Diocese of Rockford. I only work one day a week, but you know what? It's okay, because God's timing is perfect and true. And he only calls me right now to save one. So that's the program that I use right now. And we're doing it online, of course, because COVID and all that. But um, getting ready maybe to have our first retreat, uh, Rachel's Vineyard, in October, actually, on the Feast of the Holy Rosary, which is a huge day for me on so many levels, um, that our Blessed Mother has touched my heart in uh, other ways. And so mm. if you pray for that in Kathy, for us, I'm going to jump in so. just because we have a lot of uh, other callers here. Yeah. But uh, what a beautiful story of being able to come to that place of accepting God's mercy. Uh, Father, um, yeah, I, I mean, just yeah. y you can hear kind of where Mary is at the first call that we took. Um, you know, Kathy was there, but she's been able to make it to that place of healing. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you very much for sharing, Kathy. And thanks for your for your ministry. And I mean, truth truth be told, the um, the wounds the wounds that we suffer with um, as individuals, as families, as a society, as a uh, as a culture, are going to be healed uh, by the grace of God, of course, but right through the hearts of 
of people who have um, experienced it and can share their healing stories just like you've done with us. So uh, thank you very much for doing that and extending that into uh, uh, the uh, ministry in the Diocese of, of, of Rockford, and we will uh, continue to pray for your um, work in that and ministry in that too. So thank you so much for uh, for calling and participating today. Talking today with Father Tom Wilson, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, about finding healing after having an abortion and also taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149. We're going to come back with more of your phone calls, more with Father Tom Wilson in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. so much for joining us here on The Inner Life today on this Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. And uh, today also um, heard one of our callers in this last segment, Kathy. She made real brief reference to the fact that all of the U.S. bishops have invited us as the faithful to fast and pray the rosary today for the end to legal abortion here in the U.S. And so I'd like to invite you, if you, ha- if you first of all, weren't aware of that, uh, maybe fast from something today. You know, if, even if you've had breakfast, if you haven't had lunch yet, maybe fast from lunch or fast from, you know, s- some dessert tonight or whatever it is. Offer up something in union with uh, the other thousands and thousands of people that will be fasting and praying today. And I'd also like to invite you to join us tonight on the Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky to pray the rosary. And that'll air this evening at 7 o'clock Central, 7 p.m. Central. You can pray the Family Rosary Across America uh, as we join together and ask for Our Lady of Fatima, the Queen of Peace, to pray for us. And we ask for her intercession for the end to legal abortion here in the U.S. And we're talking about today on The Inner Life, finding healing after an abortion, speaking with Father Tom Wilson. He's the pastor of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. And uh, Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Debbie, who's calling in from Marietta, California. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, and thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to also share that I had two abortions when I was in college Um, back in 1984 and 1986, and it was through the grace of God that I was invited to attend a Rachel's Vineyard retreat for healing after reaching out to a crisis pregnancy center to volunteer and try to encourage other women not to make the same terrible mistake that I made in my life. And it was life-changing, life-transforming, where I couldn't forgive myself and felt that God couldn't forgive me, that I was going to go to hell. Um, I had already confessed my abortions shortly after um, both of them, um, but still didn't, couldn't, couldn't forgive myself or receive God's mercy until I attended a Rachel's Vineyard retreat. Um, and I just want to encourage other women and men also. These retreats are available for men as well. Um, anyone who's listening or if they know of someone who is struggling with the pain of abortion to look into Rachel's Vineyard um, retreats. They're offered throughout the entire country and in so many different countries. Um, um, And just seek God's mercy. It was the greatest gift that God gave to me, one of the greatest gifts God gave to me. And I'm so grateful and blessed. 
Uh, thank you, Debbie, for um, for for mentioning uh, and bringing up Rachel's uh, Vineyard. Um, I've had the privilege of of hearing confessions a number of times on our local Rachel's, Vine- Rachel's Vineyard retreats here, and they are really powerful experiences. They um, they they really are. Uh, they're they're Catholic and so very sacramental. But um, I know our local our local version of it here uh, invites anybody to come, whether they're Catholic or not, and it's is very scriptural based um, and and uh, has has a lot to offer, even even people who don't have a history of of, uh, of sacramental life. And I think one of the things that you talked about. Um, in, term, in terms of your own self-forgiveness and, and that sort of thing, uh, the beauty of the of the Rachel's Vineyard retreat is it really uh, it really touches the whole person. And obviously, spiritually, it's a retreat, but also the emotional, uh, the spiritual, the, the 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 psychological as well, and and deals with that. Um, but it's not dealing with it like an idea. I mean, it's dealing. This is a real. This is a real thing. These are real people. Uh, these are real histories. Uh, it's not. It's not just a. It's not just an ethereal. Um, Idea thing, and at least in our uh, in in our version of it, almost all of the people who are part of the team uh, are are post-abortive and and healed um, uh, people as well. And uh, there is something about the power of of connecting with other people who have had that experience and can. can uh, give you a perspective from the other side that yes, um, uh, healing is not only possible, but it is what God desires for you. And uh, so, thank you so much for um, uh, for, for for bringing that up and and and, and putting that out there. And any any quick search of of Rachel's Vineyard um, is going to. Uh, uh, Get you referred to to something uh, relatively near uh, where where you are right now. So, and I um, I strongly strongly um, uh, encourage that as well. And uh, the uh, headquarters organization website is just simply rachelsvineyard.org, and from there you can also search for retreats in your area. They have all kinds of online resources. Um, uh, Father Wilson, let's go back to the phones. We've got Marie, who's calling in from Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, Marie. Uh, glad to welcome you here to The Inner Life today. Hi. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I am. I recently um, found out uh, from my uh, 24-year-old son that his girlfriend had an abortion, and he he did help her with that and he didn't reveal this to me until after it it occurred and i'm um i'm just it was really tough really tough to hear that um this son has um walked away from the catholic church and so and he didn't really want to delve into it he did want to share it i think to relieve the burden but i'm coming from a grandmother's place mm-hmm. in that um, I actually did go to confession just, you know, in case there was something as a parent that I didn't do in as far as raising our three kids with my husband, although we did raise them in the church. 
But anyway, I'm just calling from the perspective of a grandmother. I did find healing in going to confession and talking to the priest that helped immensely and also um, writing and naming uh, my grand my granddaughter, I believe she is, and that all helped. But my other bigger question is how do I help my son who has, you know, is not walking in the faith right now and all the other men out there, young men, older men, that are probably also carrying a burden. Um, and, you know, it, the focus is usually on, on the mom, and rightly so, but what about all those men? That's a thank you very much, Marie. You've brought up two perspectives, obviously, your your position as a um, in in many ways an innocent bystander as a as as a grandparent who uh is is now affected by uh this this grief and loss but also the uh the the experience of 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 men um who uh, whose experiences can be all over the place it can be men who have who have you know pushed their um, girlfriends or wives into the abortion clinic aggressively doing it. They, it could be men who had didn't want to have anything to do with it, but it still happened. Uh, and it's and the and the and the kinds of wounds are are really all over the place um, for uh, for for men who are experiencing it as well. And the um, you know Rachel's Vineyard, at least in in our in our version of it here, uh, welcomes men to it as well, and and I would I would encourage that for um, for men who are uh, at the point of of uh, recognizing the, the the need for healing. Um, sadly, it does not sound to me like your your son is uh, is at that point in his life. Uh, what I can what I can encourage you to do is obviously to continue to pray for the healing of his soul uh, every day and to uh, and to be ready when the time comes. All right, I, I just I, I I can't emphasize that enough to um, uh, to to anybody who's listening who who's got somebody in their periphery who um, maybe is uh, is is struggling with the with the depths of a pain of of abortion and. Um, you know, in God's time, He will draw your son back to a place of recognition of what he's participated in, uh, and his own need for healing. Um, uh, and and when that when that time comes, uh, be be ready to direct him to resources. Be ready to, in some ways, Marie, to to speak for God that God wants to forgive you. God wants to yeah. forgive your participation in this, and you you know that, and uh, and someday he will he will know that too. Um, but uh, it it does take it does take um, a, a step. It does take a step forward, uh, and and we have to be ready when those steps forward are being taken by people who've been wounded by abortion. Father Wilson, uh, we are just out of time here, and I want to thank you for being with us for the hour. Before we run out of time in the last 20 seconds, could I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners today? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly amen. Father, we are grateful that you have created us in your own image and likeness. We are grateful that you have redeemed us in the person of your Son, Jesus, our divine healer. We ask a particular blessing uh, on this day 
that would be purged of the reality of abortion and would be instruments of uh, God's healing uh, wherever that uh, has occurred uh, in, in the past, and that all those uh, desiring to, to meet Jesus would do so uh, in our representation of his mercy. We bless all of our listeners and their families, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.